This is the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. And a three, two, one. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. It's me. It's me. Boy, do I have some uh, updates to give y'all. Um, I'm going to talk about why you're hearing me now when I had sent out on my social media accounts that I will not be uh, to be heard from for a while. I was supposed to go into the hospital. Uh, well, I was in the hospital and I was supposed to be operated today. Uh, that didn't happen. So I'll tell you about that a little bit later. Uh, I'm also going to talk about Norway's answer to the Loyal Canyon music scene. Little tongue-in-cheek there. Little ha-ha funny-funny, but there's some truth to it. I'm going to talk about that as well. And to start things off, I want to... It's it's not an announcement. It's more of a uh, recognition of the passing of the great, great music producer, Elliot Mazur. He passed away this past Sunday. Um, I just happened to be flipping through um, the online uh, Rolling Stone magazine, and I saw the article there. Um, his daughter had stated that she that he passed away, Elliot Mazur passed away this past Sunday of a heart attack after a long period of struggling with dementia. So uh, kind thoughts, prayers, um, and support to the family of Elliot Mazur. Now, who is Elliot Mazur? Well, if you're a Neil Young fan, you know who Elliot Mazur is. If you're a Linda Ronstadt fan, you know who Elliot Mazur is. Uh, if you're in my circle of friends, you know who Elliot Mazur is. Um, Elliot Mazur is the producer of one of Neil Young's greatest albums, uh, Harvest, back in 1972. That was produced by Elliot Mazur. He also produced a few other Neil Young albums, his homegrown album, um, I believe the live trans album trans meant something else back in those days. Um, <laughs> but, uh, he was very much involved in Neil Young's music off and on, uh, throughout the years. Uh, he also produced Linda Ronstadt. Um, he was integral in some of the, um, best of albums of Janis Joplin. I believe he actually produced one of Janis Joplin's albums before she died. And Elliot Mazur was also the sound engineer for the band's Last Waltz live film, concert film. Uh, so that's Elliot Mazur. Elliot Mazur is also the man who we brought to Norway to produce a fantastic piece of work that I am so proud to have been a part of. Uh, the solo country album release, debut release, of my good friend, uh, Norwegian country artist and rock artist, uh, Einstein Remme. We, um, it's, it's a beautiful story. You know, Einstein is a, he's, he's well known all over Norway. Uh, I wish he was known, uh, all over the world. Uh, can you say royalty check? Um, for me, that is 50%, 50%. Um, no, Einstein, he had, um, he had a strong desire to come with a country album. Now he's part of the Remy brothers band and they play rock like blues, rock, uh, country rock, you know, um, I 
like old school 70s classic rock. And I was fortunate enough to be um, the main song, uh, the main lyricist for the Remember Brothers band. I wrote the lyrics for their entire first album, and I wrote about 60% of the lyrics on their second album. Um, check them out, Remember Brothers band. That's R-E-M-M-E, R-E-M-M-E, M is in Mary, Remember Brothers band. Check them out. Check out their two albums. Uh, fantastic, solid, classic rock sound, if you like that sound. It's, uh, like I said, it's, it's been a privilege to, to write for those guys. And from there, of course, I uh, got to know Einstein. And Einstein wanted to come out with a solo album, and he, he did that. Uh, came out with a uh, solo album. And I was uh, so honored that he asked me to write the lyrics for that album. It was a heck of a challenge, because I tell you, uh, I'm not a country musician. I don't even particularly like country music. I mean, I don't dislike it. There's some cool country songs. What's that guy's name? Chris Stapleton. That dude is, is amazing. Great voice, great songwriting, uh, a good sound to his songs. Um, so, so I can appreciate country music, but I'm far from a country fan. So when Einstein asked me to write lyrics for that album, it was a huge, huge challenge because you, it, it, it's hard to explain, but when, when I write songs, I put myself, uh, Excuse me. When I write songs for other artists, I have I put myself into myself into their um, into their space. You know, how is this song that I am writing for this artist going to be interpreted by that artist? So it puts me on a different level of it's just a different thought process um, compared to when I'm writing for myself. Um and then you have a mindset, a certain mindset if you're going to write a rock song, a certain mindset if you're going to write an R&B or a soul song. Uh, you know, and I've done all of those things before, both with my own music and with music for others. But then here comes a friend of mine asking me to write a country album with him. Uh, so it's, a, it's, it's a, a, a totally different mindset. Uh, I have to pull up my ideas from a completely different place. Now that place is still within me. You know, it's my thoughts and feelings that I'm writing about, but I have to interpretate those thoughts and thoughts and feelings in a manner that is country ish, <laughs> if you know what I mean. So Einstein and I wrote that album and, uh, and it was released and I don't remember exactly how this came to be, but one way or another, Einstein sent off a couple of those songs from that album to Elliot Mazur. And I'll be doggone if he didn't get a response. Elliot actually contacted him and said he liked the stuff. Um, Einstein and Elliot Mazur had a couple of phone calls, and the next thing I know... Einstein is calling me and saying, Elliot Mazur is on his way to Norway. We are going to produce another album. You know, on the strength of those two songs that he sent to Elliot, it impressed Elliot enough to where he was willing to come here to Norway and write, or I'm sorry, and produce a new album that Einstein and I were going to write. Well, <laughs> you, you talk about, you know, head in the clouds, euphoria, um, the big wow feeling. Because Neil Young 
it's it's always been Prince and Neil Young who are my two favorite uh, favorite artists. And to imagine that someone who is that much uh, embedded in the world of Neil Young's music, to imagine that he would be coming here and I would have the opportunity to work with him, um, you know, wow, <laughs> wow. So this was back in 2015 or 2016. The exact dates escaped me, but I want to say we released Einstein's album in 2015. And by the time Elliot came here for the next project, 2016, 2016, I believe it was that Elliot came here. Um, I can't describe to you guys how excited I was. Uh, Elliot had flown in and he was waiting at, um, we have this place here in the city. It's called uh, G60, uh, which is basically the street address of this, this place. Uh, the G stands for Grönland. G60 is the name of this place. It's a music gathering place with practice location, you know, practice rooms, uh, small concert stage. Uh, it's a gathering place for the young and old, I guess, musicians uh, in the city here. So Elliot had come in and he was there. Um, and... Uh, Einstein and I were to be, were to drive there and to meet him. So my excitement, uh, and this place is just uh, like two minutes down the road from where I live. So imagine my excitement as I drive there, I get there and I go into the room and there he is, Elliot Mazur, sitting, just chilling out, obviously a little tired uh, from the flight, the international flight from um, his home in North Carolina and out here to Norway, a little tired, a little worn out, but, uh, the warmest smile that he gave me. And, um, and he asked me, he says, who are you? Are you, uh, you, you in the band? I said, no, I'm not, I'm not in, uh, a backing band. Uh, but it's, uh, I'm, I'm the one who, who wrote the lyrics, uh, for his first album. And of course, on the songs that, that you heard. And, and Elliot kind of, he kind of, perked up a little bit and, and count, then he complimented me on my lyrics. He said, fantastic songwriting there, son. He called me son <laughs> and he complimented my songwriting. And it just, uh, I don't know, besides being in the front row at a Prince concert and watching Prince sweat on Snoopy as we were <laughs> there at the side of the stage, I would probably have to say that that compliment from Elliot is one of the, is probably the greatest musical moment uh, that I've ever had in my tiny little unknown career. Um, so that was my first meeting with Elliot. Uh, it didn't last very long. He was very tired. Um, when he passed on Sunday, he was 79 years old. So if we go back, uh, let's say four years, I want to say it was in 2016, you know, he's 75 years old. So the, the guy was a little worn out after, after flying in like that. So it was a very short meeting. Um, we had a uh, we we ate a dinner there at G60. Uh, small talked a little bit, uh, and then after I don't know forty five minutes an hour it was over. He went uh, to his hotel, and I went home. And then we met the next day to actually start working on the project. And the way the way Elliot wanted to work was <clears throat> he wanted to meet with uh, he wanted me there uh, with with my lyrics. Because now these songs that uh, that we were going to write for the new album, um, 
it was going to be a partial reproduction of of uh, A-Sign's first album, and then we had a handful of of newer songs uh, that we were going to show to Elliot and get out there. So I'm sp- I show up with my lyrics, and A-Stein was there with the acoustic guitar, and his brother Henning was there with an acoustic guitar. So Elliot just wanted to hear them play just those rough, you know, rough demos of songs. He wanted to hear it, get a feel for the music. You know, I'm sure he's putting his producer's hat on and just kind of figuring out what kind of a sound picture he was going to help uh, create. So uh, that was, I actually have a picture. I'll, I'll post that if I can find it. There was a cool picture of me and Elliot sitting on this little two-seater couch uh, looking at a, some papers with the lyrics I had and, and, and laughing about some joke that Elliot had made. And I don't know, that that's, that second day or that first day of actually working with Elliot was a lot of fun. Boy, did we have a blast. He was very complimentary of, of the songs. Um, talked a little bit about Einstein, uh, his image and things like that. Uh, and I remember he was very, uh, impressed with Henning's guitar playing. It was just a little acoustic guitar, but just the phrasing that Henning did. And I got to say this, Henning them is, uh, besides being, uh, a cool cat, you know, one of the best guys I've ever known in my life, He's actually the first friend I made when I came here to Norway. But besides all that, he truly is one of the best. Uh, I, know I put him in the top three guitarists here in Norway. H- Henning could go and walk on any stage in the States, in the United States, and play with, with any guitarist over there. Uh, guaranteed. So shout out to Henning. <clears throat> so that was the first day of working. And then the third day... We went to, um, shout out to Lars Voldstahl. Um, we went into his studio out in Spiedeberg here in Norway, a couple hours drive away. And we went out there with the band and, and uh, everything. And I'm going to tell more of that story a little bit later at some other point on some other podcast, <laughs> because to be honest, it's a pretty crazy scene and I need to get... I don't know. I don't need to get permission from people, but I want to. I, I want to. I, I don't want to hurt anybody when I tell um, the story of how things went at uh, out there in Speedabad at uh, Lash Voldstahl's uh, studio. It was quite the. Um, let's just say it was quite the rock and roll experience. But one cool thing about that is the session got cut. Got cut short. Um, I think we only worked for about an hour or two. It was supposed to be like an all afternoon, all evening, maybe late into the night type of thing. But we only worked for a couple hours and then it got cut short. Again, I'll go into that why that happened at some other time. Um, it, it's just a great story. I just need to think it through and talk to a couple of people because I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to be a, I'm not a gossip columnist. I'm not a gossip columnist. So I need to get it straight before I share that with everybody. But it's a story that needs to be told. So anyway, session gets cut short. Um, and guess who uh, who got to drive two, maybe two and a half hours back to the city alone with Elliot? Yours truly, me. I got to have couple hours alone in a car just talking about music with Elliot Mazer. I'll, I'll never forget that. Um, 
I, I, I won't say that this is tooting my own horn because Elliot was doing the tooting, uh, and don't read into that. Elliot was tooting my horn because he went on and on and on about songwriting and about why he felt that I have a future when it comes to songwriting. And I tell you, you know, it's one thing to be sure of yourself, to be sure of your craft and have confidence. Uh, it's one thing if I, you know, play one of my demos for Snoopy or for the kids or for some of my friends. And believe me, I appreciate their support. But when somebody like Elliot Mazer, he has no reason to try and, and, and blow smoke up my behind he had no reason to to lie to me, and he's singing my songwriting praises. And remember, this is a guy who's worked with uh, such a prolific writer as Neil Young. I will never forget. You know, whenever I, if, if if I have a period of writer's block, or if I start to question myself when it comes to songwriting, I always go back to that conversation or to that part of the two-hour-long conversation I had alone with Elliot Mazer. I'll never forget it. Um, so thank you for that, uh, Elliot Mazer. Um, when it comes to the work that we did, uh, with Elliot, there's a reason why it's not out yet, but I will tell you that it's, uh, coming out. And oddly enough, um, I don't want to get ahead of Einstein in any announcements he wants to make, but we have had plans for the last, we've been actually working uh, specifically and concretely towards the release of the work that we did with Elliot uh, for the past, I don't know, couple, three months, couple months, something like that. And it's just a rather unfortunate coincidence that Elliot has passed um, this past Sunday. So, Hats off to the legend. Uh, hats off to Elliot Mazer. Uh, much love and support goes out to his family. Uh, the music world has lost yet another legend, and I am so honored to have gotten to, to, to work with Elliot. Uh, we, we had a joke. I'll say this in closing. Um, during that time that Elliot was here, we we got to joking and laughing. I mean, we had, I had a real good tone with, with Elliot. Um, not everybody did. I'll tell you that. Let me say that this is a precursor to the story I'm going to tell, uh, later about these sessions with Elliot. Uh, I had a great tone with him, but everyone else, most everyone else did not. <laughs> uh, but we got to joking and, and, uh, uh, I said to him, I said, isn't it something, isn't it something that we're working together? It takes a Jew and a black American to bring good country music to Norway. How about that? And he laughed uh, so hard. So it was a good feeling to make somebody like that uh, chuckle a little bit. And, of course, that is a joke because there's plenty of good country music here in Norway. Um, it's just that my music with Einstein that I made is, is a little better. Okay? Um, to follow this music thread... You know, I, I got to take a pause here. Snoopy came into my studio where I'm working. You know, I need a, I need like a neon sign that flashes in red on the door, uh, recording in pro or broadcast in process. Snoopy comes into my studio, and she's standing over the the, the space heater I have beside me. Uh, are you cold, Snoopy? I'm cold. She's cold. And I'm sick. And she's sick. She got her second vaccination. She got the the vaccine, the first, uh, you know, this is the one we have to have two shots. She got the first one, what, a couple weeks ago? And no problem. 
three weeks ago and no no issues whatsoever. Then she got the other one. Yes, then she got the other one yesterday, the second shot, and it laid her out, knocked her out. Um, late late last evening, I don't know, maybe around. I don't know. She started feeling a little droopy, probably around bedtime, 10, 11, 12, midnight, something like that. And fever and everything. She felt like a hot brick laying beside me in the bed. I could feel the fever. Anyway, that's Snoopy disturbing me. But back to this musical thread of conversation. Hold on. Let me take a drink of water here. Ah. A uh, radio personality or a podcaster with a bigger budget would edit that out, but you get my water drinking on the Coming On Podcast with John Allen. Um, Yeah, music. Focus, John, focus. You know, I will say this. We have the equivalent of a Laurel Canyon um, vibe in this little section of Norway. Now, why do I say Laurel Canyon? Um, I don't know. You, I, I strongly recommend, I believe this uh, documentary is called Laurel, Laurel Canyon, L-A-U-R-E-L, for those of you who are non-American. Laurel Canyon, I do believe, is the name of the, the, the uh, what do you call that? Documentary. Thank you. Um, Laurel Canyon is where it was a gathering, uh, you know, for whatever reason, all of those singer songwriter hippie types uh, in the music world from the mid sixties to the mid to late seventies just congregated there. And from what I understand, a lot of songwriting and music and whatnot is still congregated in that, in that area. You had people like Neil Young, Joni Mitchell, uh, the monkeys, if you can call them musicians, they were more of TV figures, plastic musicians. Some people would say, uh, the Mamas and the Papas, you know, Mom, Big Mama Cass Elliot, you know, uh, those those types. Everybody lived there on top of each other. This is when they were writing songs with each other, for each other, about each other. They were performing their songs for each other, you know, trying out, I guess you could call, you could call it demo, you know, pre-release versions. You know, you could wake up one morning and go into your kitchen to make your cup of coffee and there's Joni Mitchell sitting there waiting on you to wake up. And she'll play a song for you. Things like that was going, where it was, is what was going on in Laurel Canyon. And you had this thing where people were, you know, Joni Mitchell wrote, uh, uh, Neil Young wrote his song, um, Sugar Mountain. And then Joni Mitchell wrote The Circle Game in response to that song. You know, so people were writing songs about each other and for each other. Well, here in Norway, all in the same day, uh, there's been this series of song releases. I'm going to tie all this together. Um, my good friend, the drummer and vocalist from the Remy Brothers Band. Do you see how this is? This is like a, a family tree of, of musicians. Okay. Singer and vocal, uh, uh, singer and, and um, drummer for the Remy Brothers Band. He's also a backup singer for the great Jonas Fjeld here in Norway. Jonas Fjeld, who has uh, had an album and a USA tour and I believe also some dates here in Norway with the legendary American Judy Collins. Okay. You see how this is? And Judy Collins ties back into the Laurel Canyon scene. Huh? You see how this is tying together here? Anyway, Hans Kato Christensen uh, has come with a solo release, uh, several solo releases, an album actually. But uh, here recently he came with a release of an al- of a song, a, so- a single song called Stick With Me. Okay. 
stick with me. Check that out. It's all over uh, Spotify, uh, iTunes, everywhere you find music, you can find that song. Now, I didn't have anything to do with the writing of that song, but I have written lyrics over music that uh, Hans Kato Christensen has submitted to Remy Brothers Band projects on their first two albums. Um, um, you also have Rudi uh, Remy, okay? This is the son of Eystein Remy, nephew of Henning Remy. Uh, Rudi is just a fantastic vocalist, uh, frontman, uh, when he's in a band uh, uh, situation, front man, front figure, and vocalist. He's just a great guy. Uh, I had the honor of working with him on the, a little bit on the lyrics, but mostly on like grammar, uh, pronunciation, uh, uh, things like that on, his, on the English, on his solo song called Bumpy Road. Bumpy Road, check that out. That's also all over, um, everywhere you find music, Spotify, iTunes, everywhere. And then my great, great friend, uh, also a good friend of Snoopy, Miss Ellen Eggen. Uh, she had also released a new single called Strongest Man. And guess who that song is about? Huh? You still thinking? That song is inspired by a little piece of my life story that I shared at one point with my good friend, Ellen, and she wrote that song and now it's out there and it's available. And right away that song and her, the fact that she had me in mind when she wrote it, it took me to that, that, that thing where Neil Young wrote a song about a piece of his life. And then Joni Mitchell wrote a response to that and so on. So Ellen got a little piece of my life in a little piece of my life story which then inspired her to write this song about me, which again has inspired me. And I'm sure I'm going to write something for my own project uh, in response to this song or inspired by this song, or maybe something inspired by what I know and think and feel about my good friend, Ellen. And it's, it's just, um, it's our own little Laurel Canyon. You know, you, you have, you have Hans Kato Christensen and Rudy and Einstein and Henning and Ellen. Um, we, I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm lucky. I'm very lucky, fortunate and blessed and inspired to be able to work with all these people and, and supply them with lyrics when they ask, supply them with help. Uh, uh, I don't know if that's, you could call that production help when, when I'm helping them with, uh, with their, uh, with their English pronunciation. You know, these are all Norwegians here, but it's just, uh, it's just a, and then, you know, to branch it out even further, to solidify this Laurel Canyon feeling even more, Henning has um, uh, a solo project. Uh, you can check out his music on there. I'll post all of this because uh, you guys may be a little confused about the pronunciation of these Norwegian names and how to spell it and whatnot. Uh, Henning has had a side project Um uh, I mean, there's, it's, I'll post it all and you'll see how it's all tied together. And we're, we're starting to be a pretty good size, you know, and, and let me say this, uh, in Henning's solo project and in Rudy's solo project and in Alan's solo project, there's also all of the musicians behind them, uh, both in the studio and live. And it's just, it's this collective, if you will, <clears throat> of musicians and vocalists and artists and songwriters in this area. And uh, I think it's a cool thing. Um, 
and I don't know, these people may not even be as aware of this as I am, but the fact that I'm kind of sitting amongst them as this vocal coach, as the lyricist on a lot of these projects, uh, uh, I am very aware, uh, of course, <laughs> aware of who I am connected with in a, in a, uh, in a songwriting cooperation, in a songwriting co-op, if you will. Uh, and it's just a beautiful thing. It just, uh, I mean, it makes me feel good. It kind of distracts me a little from writing my own music. Yet again, I'm in that situation where I'm pushing my own project to the side, but it's still music. It's still creating. It's still, uh, I still get to express myself. And I love the challenge. I love the challenge of writing for another artist. Um, it's, uh, it's, to me, it's much more difficult than writing for myself. You know, when I'm writing for myself, I feel what I feel. I think what I think, here's what I want to express and here's how I want to express it. And then I write it and it's what I want, but it's not always that easy. You know, I've had artists return songs to me and say, Hey, uh, I don't really, you know, can we change this? Can we change that? Uh, you know, if word here, a phrase there, um, but when you have that open communication with them, especially when they're a friend, uh, it's so easy to, to, to take that, uh, um, yeah, that rejection, that partial rejection of what my vision was for what the song should be, and then adjust that so that it vibes with the artist's um, view or vision or, or uh, thoughts about how it should be expressed. So it's, it's, a, it's a challenging situation. I love that challenge of songwriting for others. It's just, uh, it's just a lot of fun. So it's really cool. All of these people within my little circle of musical friends uh, releasing music all on the same day, uh, it's really cool. I'll post their names so that you guys can see how to spell it and where to look it up. Basically, you can find what they're doing, the, the songs that I'm mentioning and all of their other works all over Spotify, iTunes, um, you know, wherever, YouTube, wherever you find music. Uh, what else? Yeah, this whole operation, this whole surgery thing, this whole, uh, I got kicked out of the hospital, you guys. You want to hear about that? Um, for those of you who are following, who are, who are steady followers of my social media, I had put up a post on Facebook about how I was going into the hospital. Um, I was supposed to be operated today. It didn't happen. Why? Why didn't it happen? Good old COVID. COVID to the rescue. To the rescue? Yeah, to the rescue. It's kind of good to breathe a little bit. Let me back up. Um, about a week ago, Actually, less than a week ago, I don't remember what day, less than a week ago, I found out, now I've talked about my shoulder problems before. For those of you who don't know, maybe you're a first time listener to the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen, but I've spoken about uh, these shoulder problems that I've had. I've had seven or eight or nine, I don't know how many operations on my shoulder, uh, serious problems there. And the last operation was in May, 2019, and it has been one big ball of fiery pain since then. I mean, my shoulder is jacked up and the pain is almost off the charts. Such that um, my surgeon, 
the, 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 the great lady who did my shoulder surgery, um, she did actually the last, what, three, two, two or three, three shoulder, shoulder surgeries, something like that. Dr. Lundgren, Shirsten Lundgren at Lovisenberg Hospital. She's a great woman. She's probably not listening to this, or are you listening to this while you're cutting somebody up? If you're listening, Dr. Lundgren, hello, shout out, and uh, much love. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> because my pain was so bad in my shoulder, and we couldn't really figure out why I was having so much pain. I mean, I'm talking shoulder with numbness down the arm, my trapezius, my whole shoulder blade, you know, and up into the left side of my neck, just on fire and, and getting steadily worse. So she gets me into a MRI, and what do they find? Well, my neck is doing the old zigzag. I got a um, prolapse, a pretty ugly-looking prolapse. Um, what was it? Between C5 and C6, I believe. Now, I never would have thought that I had a prolapse. I'm thinking that's what old fat guys get uh, that, who don't exercise. Uh, which is what I have actually become <laughs> the past year. Uh, no, but I ne seriously, I never would have thought that uh, that my pain was because of a neck problem because I'm thinking if I got a prolapse in my neck, I would remember something that happened uh, that would have caused it. But I, there's no episode uh, over this past year that arises where I can say, hey, that is where it happened. I injured my neck. So it's a weird thing to have this, but it was so bad that uh, they got it arranged to rush me in <clears throat> for a uh, basically an emergency surgery. So um, into the hospital on um, Thursday, yesterday, in Oslo, um, you know, they get me all ready, and the surgery was supposed to be early this morning on Friday, what, like 9 or 8.30 or 9 a.m. today. But then late last night, the surgeon comes in, great guy, uh, comes in and, and, and uh, tells me he's sorry, but they're going to send me home because they know for sure that they cannot do the surgery tomorrow, meaning today. And uh, that it's because they had... Um, it's a combination of having, um, you know, the type of operations that are in line. I guess they have to prioritize. And also because of COVID-19 and, uh, and personnel issues, you know, being able to staff uh, for my operation. So uh, <laughs> people are going to think I was digging for sympathy or something uh, because like a hundred and some odd people, like 110 people, responded. And I put a lot of humor in that post. Um, I asked people, uh, or I told people I'm going in, uh, to get operated. Uh, what is the operation going to be? Uh, one for a shoulder issue, two for a neurological issue, three for a penis reduction, uh, four for, yeah, I don't remember what the, whatever, you know, I put some humor in it. And of course it's stimulated to a lot of conversation and a lot of jokes, but a lot of sincere, um, well wishes from some of my friends and some of my social media friends. There is a difference. Um, and I appreciate it. Thank you all for, for those, uh, messages of, of, uh, of goodwill. But, uh, and I, and I will, I will save it all up. I'll save it all up. I have today to chill out, uh, Saturday to chill out, Sunday to chill out. And then Monday, 
I go in. I think it's that I'll go, I go in the hospital on Monday, but I think the operation will be, I don't think it'll be on Monday. I think it's going to actually be on Tuesday. So be warned, be forewarned. Um, we have this episode. I have one more episode that's pre-recorded that I'll put out on Sunday. And after that, it might be about a week, 10 days before you guys hear a new episode from me. Uh, you know, uh, they say that a lot of people, when they get operated for these neck things, you know, replacing discs and whatnot, uh, a lot of people are up on their feet, you know, you're under observation for six to eight hours. Uh, and then a lot of people go home. Sometimes you spend one night, but you go home the next day and, and you're, you're good to go. Um, some people need minimal with, uh, with, with painkillers afterwards and people are back to work, you know, a week, 10 days afterwards. So we'll see. We'll just have to see. This is not strenuous work to sit here and talk into a microphone, but uh, I don't want to promise that I'm going to continue with my 2.35 episodes uh, per week. I can't guarantee that I'm going to do that for the next week or two. So we'll just have to see what happens. Um, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing that my surgery got delayed. Uh, I got to tell you this, when that doctor, when the surgeon came in and told me, you know, he apologized and says they got to send me home. I was relieved. I, I don't want to say I've gotten used to surgeries. Like I said, seven, eight, maybe nine surgeries on my shoulder. It's not that I've gotten used to it, but it's become something that I, where I know what I can expect, uh, both going into it and coming out of it with recovery and all that stuff. But this thing with the neck, I don't know, for some reason that just, it just, freaks me out. Um, neck surgery. And I made the mistake of, uh, the day before I went in, I guess this would be, uh, Wednesday. I made the mistake of going on YouTube and watching all of these. Uh, I watched this one procedure where, um, they were replacing a disc at C5. Uh, and they were doing it on a cadaver and they were showing, you know, details, you know, every step of the way. And it, it just really freaked me out, especially the doctors talking about, yes, and you have to be careful when you do this because you're just millimeters away from the spinal cord. And I'm like, I don't need to hear that millimeters away from the spinal cord is a phrase. I just don't need to be, I don't need to know that that phrase exists millimeters away from the spinal cord, you know, and I should relax, you know, people, get this operation all the time. Uh, it's a small percentage of people who have actual damage because of, uh, such an operation. Uh, so I don't know. Can we, can I, can I ask for good luck, please? <laughs> it's just, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm torn between being relieved and being irritated because in a way it would have been great to have had it done. I would be done with that operation by now. I'd be recovering and maybe even coming home already tonight if the operation would have gone as planned. So I guess it's not a good thing to, to prolong it. Um, I don't know. I'm going to take it for what it is. It's given me the opportunity to do this podcast episode. Hey, yeah. So let's just say I'm relieved. I'm relieved. I'm glad that I didn't get the operation. Otherwise, I wouldn't be sitting here doing this episode, uh, sharing my life <laughs> with you people. So let's look at this as a good thing. I'm glad I didn't get the operation as scheduled. However, it's coming up on Monday. Um, 
I'll be posting online again, saying silly things. And I say that, I'll admit it. I get silly about these operations. Uh, I've done it every time, posted all kinds of funny stuff and jokes. Uh, it's, it's, a, uh, it's me letting off a little pressure because I, I do get nervous. You know, I said I'm kind of into the routine of the shoulder things, but still, it's, it's, a, it's a nerve-wracking thing. Uh, it's just kind of weird. I mean, just think about that. You are, they're cutting into your body, you know, and then you can start thinking, well, you know, what are they saying? Are they talking about me? You know, uh, yeah. Uh, let's not think about those things. Let's just, I'll just do the operation and you guys will be hearing from me, uh, hopefully within a week, 10 days after that, but maybe not, might be a little bit longer. Um, yeah. So here's, here's my episode. Let's call it a bonus episode. I wasn't planning on being able to do this, but uh, but I did it. So, again, check out my good friends uh, who I mentioned. We got our own little Laurel Canyon situation here in Norway. Please check them out. Check out their music. Follow them. They're a bunch of talented uh, musicians, very talented musicians. If you want to know about my songwriting style, my lyric writing style, excuse me, because there's two different things. Uh, if you want to hear about my lyric writing style, check out the Remmer Brothers Band. Uh, both of their albums. If you want to know even more about my songwriting style, you can check out my music, which is all over YouTube, um, Spotify, and iTunes. If you just type in John Allen, do this. Type in John Allen and then search for the song Edge of It All. John Allen is my artist name. And then Edge of It All is a song. Go in, check that out. Listen to how I write. And tell me, do you think it's a sad song? The Edge of It All? What's that song make you feel like? Just check it out. Listen to the lyrics and um, tell me what you think. You'll get an idea of, of uh, my, my songwriting style. Uh, again, uh, the great Elliot Mazur has left this earth. He's left behind him a great body of work. Um, See you around sometime, Elliot. Hopefully not in the near future. And uh, my uh, support and well wishes go to his uh, friends and family. The great Elliot Mazur. Did I say Elliot Roberts? That's Neil Young's manager. Elliot Mazur, of course. Elliot Mazur. If I said Elliot Roberts, I don't remember what I said. If I said Elliot Roberts, that's wrong. He passed away a while ago, about a year ago. But we're talking about Elliot Mazur. Elliot Mazur. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. Check out my website at johnallenpod.com. From there, you will see links to find me on YouTube, uh, all over social media, Twitter, Facebook, everything. You'll find links to my music from my website at johnallenpod.com. Check it out. Let's interact. Um, I'm in need of friends. Love's in need of love today. I'm in need of an operation on Monday. Okay, people. Bye, everybody. Thank you and good